This is the Ops Authority Podcast, where my mission is to break down the backside of your business so you can take the right actions to grow and scale. Hey, I'm Natalie Gingrich, a small business operations expert, and I'm going to give you a front row seat to real solutions that will help you reach the vision that you have for your business, all while equipping you to put out those inevitable pesky fires and those fears that pop up. Listen in for strategies to grow your team, craft the systems and processes that you need for your business, and establish business foundations that you may have skipped over. I know you're ready to do really big things, so let's do it together. Alrighty, friends, we are back as promised. We are going to jump back in today to the second part of the State of the Union for Service Providing Professionals with this incredible panel. I will take a second for us to introduce ourselves and we will dive in. Hey, Natalie and everybody. Thank you so much, first of all, for coordinating this, for having me. I'm so excited to be here. My name is Lauren Golden. I'm the founder of The Free Mama, and I specifically work with working moms and teach them how to start and run a successful freelancing business from home. So all the moms out there who are like, I want to be with my babies and I want to work. I want to have a career, but I want a little more control over my earning potential and how I spend my time and who I get to work with and how I leverage my skills. Those are my people. And yeah, we have a 12-month coaching program where I take them through how to go from nothing to we've got six-figure earners inside of our community. So that's me. That's what I do. Come hang out. Awesome. Jordan? Hey, y'all. Coming from Texas as well. Just right up 35 from Natalie. I'm Jordan Gill, and I am the founder of System Saved Me. And we are specializing in helping burned out service providers replace their monthly retainers with virtual VIP days. So my people are the people who are like, you know, I can't do the same thing every single day. (laughs) And I uh, just really want to focus and be in my zone of genius for a few days a month. And the rest of the time do jigsaw puzzles like me or travel or do whatever it is that you want to do. So yeah, that's a little bit about me and my business. Fantastic. Sarah Wiles. Good morning, everybody. I am in usually sunny South Florida, but it's rainy today and I help people start online businesses. So I primarily support folks who call themselves virtual assistants. I help those folks get started. And then I also coach and mentor folks that are coaches, course creators, consultants, and all of those types of people. My big thing is I love helping people start or scale online virtual support businesses in weeks instead of years. Thanks for having us, Natalie. Yeah, so excited. Tasha. Hey, hey there. I am Tasha Booth. I'm the CEO and founder of The Launch Guild. So I own a full service launch support agency. I also help establish virtual support pros grow and scale their businesses. So I work with virtual support pros in two ways. One of those ways is a certification program for launch managers. And the other way is through a program for agency owners. I'm also the host of the How She Did That podcast. And Natalie, I love talking to you. So I'm so excited to be here. Thanks so much. Miss Michaela. Hey guys, I'm Michaela coming to you from Kansas City. I am a wife, mom of soon to be five kids this May. Holy moly, don't know what I'm doing, but (laughs) that's what it is. Anyways, I'm a former teacher turned freelancer turned mentor helping other moms who want to be at home with their kids, but still need that income, figure out how to make it happen. So I specifically work with women in a variety of industries, helping them leverage their current experience into a freelance business. So super excited to be here and can't wait to talk about the state of the freelance industry. I love it. 
And last but not least, my friend, Sarah Noked. Thanks for having me, Natalie. I am Sarah Noked, and I am the founder of OBM School. And about 10 years ago, I successfully escaped my corporate gig and I became an online business manager, scaled to an agency owner, and then opened up OBM School. And I've been training OBMs for the last five years through a certification program as well as through our accelerator, which is for those who are just getting out of corporate or those experienced freelancers who are looking to up-level their services or add on online business management services. And I'm actually based in Israel, originally from Canada. So expat over here. And I'm just really thrilled and excited to be amongst such incredible women here today. And thank you for hosting this, Natalie, for being on this podcast. Woohoo! Alrighty, friends. Last week, we were talking all about kind of historically what we had seen, what was working. And today, we're going to be looking forward. We're going to partner with you just as if we were sitting in a couch at a cozy retreat. Maybe you're at the beach, maybe you're in the mountains. I don't know. I'd take any of those right now. But with some incredible people, we're going to just cast that vision with you just as we are for ourselves at this point. So as we're looking forward to 2022, let's look at what the state of the market is looking like. Let's look at all the potential that you have that we are coaching people to. So I'm going to have, start off with Lauren today. Going forward, from now looking forward, the market is demanding what? I think the market is demanding results from service professionals. We spoke last week about the great resignation. We've got lots of job openings. We've also got lots of people looking for jobs and opportunities. And one of the shifts that I see is that it's starting to turn into more, I'm going to borrow from my sorority days. I hope that's okay. But it's starting to turn in more of a mutual selection process. Whereas before there was a lot of like, I'm going to go apply for the job and the employer has all the power and maybe I'll get the job. And then I'm going to sit there and it's going to be a really transactional relationship because I'm going to get my cubicle and I'm going to show up every day for a certain number of hours. And then every other Friday, they're going to give me my paycheck. And this is whether, I don't care if you're an independent contractor, small business owner, employer, it was very transactional. And now because the service providers have a little more power, people looking for jobs have a little more power in terms of like, we want remote, we want flex, we need, like, we want to be in alignment with your values. Like, I don't just want a paycheck. I want to feel like I'm making a difference. Like, and employers are seeing this as well. So it's become a more mutual selection process. But with that being said, what I'm seeing from people who are hiring and outsourcing is that they also are raising the bar in terms of like, okay, I'll give you this flex time and this whatever and this power, but I'm also, this is not transactional anymore. This is transformational. So when I hire you, I have, we spoke last week about this idea of excellence, both myself, I mean, I've moved to employees this year. I'm about 50, 50 employees and contractors. And I see it among all of my peers who are hiring again, both employees and, and contractors, they are demanding results. So much so that some of the mentors that I have in my life are actually suggesting hiring multiple people for the same role externally, like let's say an ads agency, for example, and basically saying who does the better job. And so I think in end of 2021, heading into 2022, it's non-negotiable. There's no more transactional, like I'm just going to collect money from you. It's the proof is in the pudding. I think we've got to really get results. And I know we're going to dive deeper and hopefully I'll be able to offer some advice on how I think you can go about doing that. Yeah, I want to come in here for you, the service professional. That means being very clear in what your deliverable is, tracking that. And hello, 
all hands up for the data nerds here, tracking that, showing up and showing off with that data to tell the employer, to tell your boss, your leader, hey, this is my role. This is what I'm doing. And this is how it is going here. You may need to go to that leader to show them. I think that that is one way that you can up-level yourself going forward. Reporting, I teach it every single day and nobody freaking does it. If you want to be, if you want to stay the non-negotiable, to stay, you know, irreplaceable inside of a business, show off, report on yourself, report your own success. And if you don't know what success is, you have to ask them, how do they define success? We set a KPI, key performance indicator, and then you measure it exactly so that they can't come back and there's no questions. And this doesn't have to, I love that you teach this thoroughly. It sounds like Natalie, like this doesn't have to be hard, but when we don't take the time to do it, that's when you're going to be in a hard place. So not only get people results, but know how to concretely display that you have in fact gotten them those results. If that becomes the norm, we up-leveled the entire industry. Absolutely. So let's just all pinky promise today that this is going to be the thing that that we do going forward. We need to document this. The next thing for you as a service provider in the vein of really providing results and delivering on those results is start getting testimonials. Do case studies from the transformations that you are orchestrating. Let the world know your goodness. And sometimes you may not be the best salesperson. Sometimes you may not be able to hire crazy copywriters, right? But a case study is extremely powerful and it doesn't take much to reach out to somebody who has trusted you, where you have been able to come in and be instrumental in their business and ask them for a review. It doesn't have to be a 24-step process to get a testimonial. So I will move it over to Sarah, who's got great insights on this as well. Aaron Oked here. And yes, I think that results is such an amazing thing. And just like we are all here today, I would have to say, I think one of the biggest things moving forward and what the world is demanding is leadership, ladies. And I think we are all here today as a true testament to leadership and stepping up for ourselves, you know, even just what we had echoing back, asking for testimonials, getting case studies, taking leadership in your own business and not kind of taking a back seat or being like, oh, you know, I think this is what they want. Or, you know, ask the difficult questions, have the difficult conversations with yourselves, with your clients, but above all, be a leadership. And at the last week when we had spoken, Natalie, you had mentioned about how you had been really recognized as a leader even back when. And you mentioned bossy. And that was kind of the word that stuck out in my in my mind. And I was like, we need to stop telling our girls that they're bossy. And we need to start calling them leaders and really emphasize this leadership. And I, I really like, I'm covered in chills right now because I, I do firmly believe that we right here right now are exemplifying what what will continue to evolve and make hopefully better our online space. I mean, it's great, but I think bettering ourselves, bettering some of the women and men who are coming in as service-based support providers, but taking a real stance around leadership, you know, both through leading yourself, leading your clients, leading as a business owner. Those are the three things that are going to really, really make a big, huge difference moving forward for our service-based support provider. So I'd have to say leadership and results. I think that is an important thing, but I think being a leader in asking 
those questions about the results is, is su- such an important thing because we don't ask the right questions. We don't have the right conversations. And I think also too, when I was thinking about this question on my own before, I was also thinking a lot about relationships. You know, I do think that as a side thing that the industry is also going to be demanding a lot more relationship building from service-based providers, more authenticity, more leadership, because it's a much more crowded place. That's the honest truth. And we need to really lead ourselves in order to be the best service-based support providers, be the best leaders in our own industry. And I think that this panel really is speaking volumes to that. And thank you, Natalie, for bringing us all together for this. Hey, hey, it's Tasha here. So I think my word for this is clarity. And I'm going to put my person who hires a lot of people hat on and take my service provider hat off. And I know that when I'm hiring, I am busy. (laughs) I run a seven-figure business at this point. And so if there's not clarity on your website of what you do and what you do amazingly, I'm going to move on to the next person. I don't have time to try to figure out what you're great at. I need to know the minute I get to your website. I'll give an example. So I was looking for a money mindset coach recently and I got a ton of recommendations from people on my thread and I started clicking through. The amount of broken links, the amount of people who were doing 17 other things, including being a resume writer. I'm like, am I coming to you to write my resume? I don't need that. I need a money mindset coach, right? And so those were the people that I bounced from their websites if they had one (laughs) very quickly. The person that I ended up hiring, the minute I got to her website, it said, I offer mindset coaching for high achieving women. Take my money. Take it now. (laughs) Right? And so that is the type of clarity that people are demanding from you. Because those of you out there who are looking to work with not people who are maybe just starting in their business, but people who are established in their business and already have teams and need additional support. They are busy. They don't have the time to try to figure out what you do. You need to be clear from the beginning and let them know so that they can hire you so that they can give you their money. So the three things I just took away, results, leadership, and clarity. And I could boil all of those down to communication, really being a stellar communicator, being able to have those hard conversations, as Sarah mentioned, being able to also come in and show the proof of you know how you are really transforming people. So just really zone into how you can be a better communicator moving forward. And communication is not just in the verbal sense. It can also be in the written sense. It can be in your body language. It can be in your copy. It can be in your messaging. It can be in your emails. It's really everywhere. But be very attuned that the economy, the world, your market, your future employers are wanting to make fast decisions like Tasha said to be able to make fast decisions, to be able to move forward faster in their business or in your business. Communication, stellar communication is just one of the requirements and it's something that we all have to work on. I can say, yeah, I'm a nine out of 10 in communication, but I need to work to be a 10 out of 10. We all have work to do in that space. So I'm just sitting here thinking about everything that they are saying and I'm thinking about you as a listener and how we can help you get into action faster. And let's start talking about some of the services that you see are needed more today than ever. What are the services that you guys are seeing? And we'll start with you, Michaela. What services? We talked a little bit about this in last week's episode, but from Michaela's perspective, what services are your people being able to come and be a part of? I'm seeing a lot of social media. And with that, there's just, you know, 
general social media management, but then you can get so much more specialized in that. The last two years, I think it's two years, reels became a thing, (laughs) whether you like them or not. And I don't have time to sit there and learn how to edit a video, but someone can tell me, hey, here's a trending audio. Here's your take. Go record it. Send it to me. I can do all the fancy stuff, write the caption and post it. And it instead of it being one to two hours of my time, because it would take me forever, they can do it. They can specialize in just that or as part of you know a general package. And then with that, we were talking last week, a lot of more traditional businesses are coming in and hiring service professionals. I'm seeing a lot of them hire social media managers, even like local businesses. And I know this from my own buying experience when there's a new store that pops up or a new restaurant, I go look at their social media. I want to see the vibe. I want to see what they're about, you know, who's hanging out there. What clothes are they selling? I look at stories to see, oh, they got new stuff in. I'm going into the store, even though I'm not necessarily buying online. So I'm just seeing social media being such a need and it's such a time set for people. And so that's a great service to be offering right now. Yeah. So I'll thank you, Michaela. I totally agree. I think social is like just popping off the charts because all of these brick and mortar businesses realized if they didn't have a digital presence, well, dang, they better get one really quickly. Right. And so they look at social media, they get just as overwhelmed as the rest of us do and go, cool. Can somebody take this off my plate? So I'll speak first to folks that are more in the virtual assistant vein. And then I'll speak uh, a little bit more to folks that are, that are kind of growing, scaling their businesses. I always say folks are always looking for big three, right? And I would categorize that as creative tech and admin. It's never going to go out of style. They're always going to be needed, right? Creative is your social media. It's your web design. It's your graphic design. It's your copy. It's all of that stuff, right? As long as businesses are in existence, the creative work will be there. The tech work is always going to be there too for your course creators, for your folks that have websites on the technical aspect inside of it, the platforms, the tools, the CRMs, like there's always new platforms coming up, right? Which is great and cool, but the need for people to work within those platforms and businesses is always going to be there. And then I think admin is the thing that folks love to like poo-poo on all the time because I hear people say like, I need to learn more tech. I need to learn more skills. And yeah, sure. If you love that stuff and if it's cool to you and you enjoy it and have, you know, that brings enjoyment for you. Great. But the need for admin is always going to be there. That is not going away. So admin is here to stay always and forever. I think what I am now seeing, especially as we talk about more folks bringing businesses online, the need for strategy is there too, because people come online and social media is a great example of this, right? And they're like, I can do the real, but like, how do I make the real work for me? Well, that's strategy, right? That's additional information that you might not want to know because it's really not your zone of genius at all. But guess what? It's someone else's, right? I think launching is a really great example of that too. Tasha, you can speak to this, but you know, people look at launching and they're like, okay, great. So I'll like make the course and I'll launch the thing. And then, and then the millions come, right. And then they launch the course and the millions don't come and they're super confused. Right. And that is why you need a strategist. Right. And so I think for the folks that have started, again, I talked about this last week, when you're in the beginning of business, you're kind of throwing spaghetti at the wall, figuring out what hits for you. Let's say it's social media. Okay, great. Now you can manage an account, but how can you then use that to grow and scale by offering strategy? Because strategy is something that you can charge more money for. And that is absolutely what I see online right now. I love that. And that's truly living proof to the business and the business model that I personally have dove into. I mean, a director of operations comes in at that strategic level and what felt like a very, very lonely space 
five years ago, thinking there just wasn't enough businesses to be able to support someone at the strategic level. We have endless opportunities today. Our community continues to be well-employed because people are looking for that higher level strategy. Sarah, you want to wrap us up on some yeah, services? Yeah, Sarah Noquette Sarah here. Yeah, I, I mean, strategy is a beautiful, sometimes intimidating thing, I think, especially for new service-based support providers. I would have to say here that one of the huge things that I have seen a change with is systems, system setup, documenting systems, having streamlined systems, all of that. I know, Jordan, that is totally your jam. But I love systems. I always joked back. Like, I remember I can even see myself saying this like daily three or four years ago. Systems are sexier than people think they are. They're actually much better than people think they are. Everyone needs systems and people being like, oh, it's so dry. It's so boring. It's so dull. And I think that one thing the pandemic has taught us is that if we don't have our systems buttoned up, well, we are going to crumble. And as somebody who trains online business managers, I saw, you know, whereas some different industries had a sort of a decrease in work or things stayed the same for online business managers, it suddenly became a free for all of like, all the systems are broken. You know, the live events are now online. The way that we were launching this program then isn't working anymore. We need to do it like this. So a lot of the systems that had been streamlined and were working, suddenly were not working. And then for those people who didn't have systems set up and, you know, suddenly their VA is gone and, oh my God, how did she manage the social media? Or where are our canned responses for client care? And why don't we have any of these things properly documented into standard operating procedures, which is my love language. And I really believe that we're going to continue to see systems being a little bit more sexier than they were. And that being something that is an important integral part, you know, whether you're an online business manager, a virtual assistant, you know, anything in between and overall, you know, you have to be able to know how to build systems to understand the different parts of how systems work together so that you can continue to help clients really create strong foundations in their business. Because if there ain't strong foundations, it, it's just not going to fly. And I think that really the world has shown us that, you know, things can go away very quickly. So we better make sure that we have the right measures in place so that we are not going to get into a situation where it's not going to look so pretty. So system, system, systems. Yes. And strategy too, but systems is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And arguably systems may need to be coming before strategy. And, you know, sometimes we get this out of order. Something we teach on as a, as we're supporting businesses that are scaling and or preparing to sell. So if you guys need to know, these online businesses are becoming more stable faster because they're scaling faster. When they do that, you run into the next level of opportunity, which is the potential to sell a business. Lots of us haven't been involved in some of those things. I've been behind several business, behind the opportunity for businesses to sell and watching them sell. You can't scale or sell a business without really dialed in systems. So Sarah, you hit it on the head. These systems come in the form of employee handbooks. They come in the form of systemized and documenting every single process inside of the business. I do say that when you're starting, when you're in the startup phase of a business, this isn't as important. But ladies, we got through telling you in last week's episode, these businesses are growing faster than ever before. The quantity and quality of business that is going to be leveraging your help is going to continuously show up. And so if this is the service and the skill set that you have, 
which I trust if you're listening today, you definitely have the ability to document and break down a system. There is no fancy science behind this. People will over, they'll try to overcomplicate this. This is really being a good listener, asking good questions, writing the darn checklist. And guess what? It may not be 100% perfect, but it's a lot better than 0% perfect. So getting out there, starting it, trying it, testing it, that's how you get a complete system documented. But every single person listening today has the ability and the gift of being able to do this. If this is something that lights you up, offer it as a service because tons of people need it. When I think about service providers, and even in my own journey, I think the greatest obstacle and thing that has held me back the most in my six years of being in business myself is the fear and the overwhelm of being visible. So in our audience, I know that our students, they have the skills, they're starting to see the next version of themselves. They're really getting excited about what the future may look like and how they're going to be able to show up as their best self. At the same time, they're like, they write the best packages. They've got everything ready to go. Their pricing is dialed in. They know their avatar. And then it's like, I've got to actually show up. That's really scary. I am so much better behind the scenes. These are all things I've told myself. I'm probably looking and talking to people today who have had and thought the same exact same things. So I just want to make sure that you know that being visible is part, if you're going to be in business, being visible is part of it, friends. It's not the most comfortable part, which I can co-sign on, but I can tell you it is part of it. So you're, you may have to do it a little scared. The other thing I can tell you is that being visible on a consistent basis when you bring consistency into it, all of a sudden, it's not near as overwhelming to hop up online, right? Now, if I go back to my first podcast or my first you know, live or my first webinar or my first live launch, it's a little rough around the edges, but good thing I didn't give up then, right? Good thing I didn't give up then because we wouldn't have been able to impact 250 students at this point if I would have given up. I wouldn't be able to have the community that we have today So visibility is something I recognize is difficult for a lot of us. And I just want to break into and pick the brains of these women here and show you guys some of the ways that they are going to encourage us and you to be visible as we move forward in 2022. So I'll just kind of get this started and start with a caveat. The people that I'm working with and when I'm speaking about visibility and showing up as a service provider, I'm talking to those people that are in the very beginning stages. They don't have clients yet. They don't necessarily have a business yet. They're looking for those first couple of clients. So I'm not talking to the people that are scaling or pivoting, maybe like Tasha and Jordan that you guys kind of work with. And when it comes to getting visibility and showing up to connect with potential clients, land potential clients, there's like marketing and prospecting. And so marketing would be, you know, having your Instagram, showing up, creating content. And then prospecting, I see that as going to where people are hanging out, your potential clients, and communicating with them, like helping them out, sharing your value, sharing you know your services with those people who are kind of actively looking. And so I focus on helping women kind of start more on the prospecting side. And when it comes to that, the best way to do that is to first of all, know who you want to work with. Who is that person that I would love to work with? And then know where they're hanging out. And then put yourself in a position to show up there each day. It doesn't have to be five hours a day. It could literally just be 30 minutes. If all you have is 30 minutes a day, what is the one thing that you need to do to put yourself in a position to connect with that 
potential, potential client. And so for some of you, like if you want to work with those traditional businesses, you can go to local chamber of commerce. There's also, if you go on Facebook and Facebook search, like your local community and entrepreneur or small businesses, you're going to find tons of Facebook groups with just your local community. Or if you know, I want to work with faith-based entrepreneurs, type in those keywords in Facebook search and go to groups. You're going to find tons of opportunities where like that person you want to hang out with is, and then show up there. How can you share your expertise, share your knowledge with that community of people that's actively looking for people like you? And then kind of piggybacking off that, whether you have an ideal person you want to work with or that kind of like ideal client, also just freaking telling people in your local community. When you run into your neighbor while you're taking a walk, And they're like, hey, how's it going? Like, what's new? What's new with you guys? Instead of just doing the traditional nod, like, oh, same old, like, we're so great, you know, everything's great. Tell them, hey, actually, I'm starting a business as a social media manager. You wouldn't happen to know anyone looking for a social media manager, would you? And the the way you phrase it like that, like the would you, that kind of is going to put them on the, oh gosh, I need to think of someone. Like, I need to tell her I do. Like, I need to... It's kind of not like a challenge where you're like butting heads, but it's just kind of gets them to start thinking and like, oh my gosh. And they might answer, you know what? I don't, or they might know of someone or what likely is going to happen is you're just planting that seed. And then they go off about their day and they run into someone and it sounds very far-fetched. Like all these dominoes have to fall into place for there to be a client. But that's how I have so many students landing clients too, from just starting to tell random people. I've even had students land a client from casually mentioning it to their veterinarian without any like goals of trying to pitch them or think that they would be a client. It's just, oh yeah, you know, I'm doing some bookkeeping. And then the the vet is like, I'm hiring a bookkeeper. Like, could I just hire you? Absolutely. So I would say, know who your person is that you want to work with, show up there consistently, and then just tell people tell everyone because you never know, even if they don't have a business, you don't know who they know, who knows someone who needs someone in it. It sounds far, but I promise you just start doing it. Just start doing it. Oh yeah. I'm double tapping everything Michaela's saying and totally (laughs) like my first VIP day client was from my best friend since I was like, I don't know, born, I guess. And I was like, do you even know what I do? Like, I don't know how this happened because you actually gave me my first VIP day client. And like, I don't know the words you use, but it was a good fit. So it worked out. So I'm going to go the creep route because that's my nature. (laughs) So I feel like this is a safe zone. I did this a lot through going to events. And so this could be virtual or in person, but for me, getting my clients or even referral partners for clients came through attending events. Generally speaking, it was events that I was the only ops person in the room, which is such a huge benefit. And even if you're like one of three or four, because a lot of us ops people don't go to events. So like, this is your invitation. But, you know, if, as I'm, you know, chattering with everybody in the room, then if everybody's talking about a system that they're having issues with or whatever. They're like, Oh, Jordan, like in the pink dress, like go over there, talk to her. And all of a sudden I'm talking with more people because I'm literally the only person in the room who does what I do. And that makes me super valuable in that room. And that makes me 
connected to a lot of people, right? So I encourage a lot of people to go to events, some like, again, like ninja creep statuses of how to stand out at events. If you're not like a look at me person, which I am not either. The fact that my Instagram feed is my face everywhere is still makes me nauseous, but I am really big on them. Basically creating like attraction signals. And this is going to sound really strange, but I would look mm-hmm. at, you know, the Facebook groups or Slack channels mm-hmm. of all the people who were going to be at the event before the event even happens. So I'm looking at who I know I want to connect with before I even get in the room with these people. And so I'm looking and, and maybe it's a speaker I want to connect with. And so I'm going to wear that speaker's brand colors when the day that they're speaking, because I know if I'm speaking and I see yellow or I see pineapples, I'm going to talk to that person because I love yellow and I love pineapples. (laughs) And so I do the same thing with other people. Even if I have to like figure out a teal necklace or like pink earrings, I'm like, those things aren't normally in my repertoire of, of black, but I will figure out a way so that when they're scanning the crowd, they see my teal, whatever, or my pink, whatever. And they will come and talk to me. Or if I go up to them, they're like, oh my gosh, I saw your teal earrings from the, you know, the crowd that made me so happy. And I'm like, yeah, it's so fun, blah, blah, blah. And now we're talking and now we're connected. I've done it where I figure out what their favorite snacks are because I will creep down the Pinterest lane and be like, oh, she loves dark chocolate. I also happen to love dark chocolate. I'm gonna bring dark chocolate and I'm gonna sit at the table and I'm gonna say, hey, anybody hungry? I have some dark chocolate if you want it. Guess who's gonna come and eat my dark chocolate? you, because I know that you love dark chocolate. So it sounds silly. It sounds like Jordan, you have literally lost your mind. However, this is how I connect with people. Again, if you don't, if you don't try some things that are going to sound a little strange, then you're just going to be like everybody else. Who's like awkwardly, like swarming the room and not knowing what to do. Here's ways that you can open up that dialogue with the speakers that you want to connect with or the other people at the table and it works. <laughs> so that would be my, uh, my two cents. Sarah Lyles here. I love that Jordan. I listened to one of your podcast episodes years ago about this. And I think it was the color purple. And you were talking about how some, maybe the speaker loved the color purple. And I was like, that is so smart. You are a genius. And that's just genius. Thank you. It's funny. My background is in corporate events. So I did corporate events for eight years before I came to the online space. And you will not catch me at anybody's event unless you are absolutely my best friend because I'm such an introvert and it takes a lot for me to like get out. So this kind of perfectly ties into what I was going to share around visibility, which is really like pick and find the thing from a marketing standpoint that you enjoy doing and that brings you joy, right? Because if you already enjoy doing it, guess what? You're going to do it more consistently. Naturally, you're going to have less resistance to it, right? So the thing that I would say for the folks that are just starting out is pick one, right? Maybe it's events, right? Maybe you love events and that is your jam. Go do it. Maybe it's BNI groups. It's local networking groups, right? But you also have to consider, like Michaela was saying, where is the place that your folks are hanging out, right? If you're like, I really want to target veterinarians, well, they might not be hanging out on Instagram, y'all. I don't know. Maybe they are because everybody's on Instagram these days, but you get my point, right? Like you got to figure out where your people are hanging out and figure out where the intersection is of where you want to go and where they are. And if you are just starting out, pick one place, right? Because then you get so overwhelmed trying to custom tailor your marketing efforts or your in-person efforts to so many places that you just end up not doing it. 
And then what I would say for the folks that are are growing, right? Maybe you've got your first couple of clients or you've been here for a year or so and you're like, everything is great, but now I want to launch this new offer or you know reach this new audience. My biggest piece of advice is to repurpose either what you already have or what you are creating. I think so often when we are trying to become more visible, we keep thinking that we have to recreate the wheel. And if you're already successful, you're already making money, you're already serving clients, then guess what? You are also already busy and you probably don't have double the time to now show up on a new platform. So thinking through ways that you can repurpose content and information that you already have for another platform and probably getting support to do that. Hey, we already talked about how needed social media managers are right now. I think that is just a genius way to show up. For me personally, I just think Instagram is the best thing all day long. And it's really easy for me to show up there because naturally I would be there anyway. So that's what you have to do is find your thing and then it becomes easier. I'm going to pull all of this together and give you some reminders that the number of clients that you need to reach success for yourself needs to be reflective in the amount of time you spend in visibility. If I were a director of operations who wanted two max three clients, it's actually completely silly for me to show up on all the platforms, write an email, be on podcasts, host a podcast, go to events if I needed three clients, guys. If I was going to write a book and wanted that to turn into 15,000 course sales, my approach would be much different. So if you're listening today, you're likely following a lot of us that are talking today. You also have other industry leaders that you are following and you're seeing them showing up in all these different ways. Nobody here today that you're listening to did all of that on day one or day 365, okay? We have grown, scaled, been able to build. Hey, guess what? Michaela mentioned uh, Reels. Natalie Nicole Gingrich has never created a reel and is real happy and content with what she has on Instagram. She's also very content about the difference she is making. So (laughs) if LinkedIn isn't your thing, do not start pressuring yourself to fit into a different box. Listen to what these ladies have said. We all agree. All of us are shaking our heads saying, find the one thing that feels good for you and go into that. Don't dedicate 15 hours of your week if you need two clients at the end of the day. Don't dedicate 15 hours to visibility if you're looking for two to three clients. Now, I think the people who, the service providers, we don't want you to need. We want you to deliver a service where you get paid enough to where you're not juggling dozens of clients at one time. We want you to feel comfortable, to have time for your family, for yourself, so that you can live that legacy life that you so are craving. It probably isn't going to come through having 15 different clients at one time. One other thing I would like to add here is that everything that they have mentioned is organic. We didn't say one thing about paid advertising. Get that out of your minds. We don't need to be visible through paid advertising. Everything is organic. We're really excited about helping you to show up in your most organic ways. That means creating relationships. The way that I was most successful, the quickest was because I had five coffee chats every single week. And it was a competition. I'm not gonna lie about that. It was a competition. I met many of you ladies through cold pitching, cold outreaching, saying, hey, let's hop on a call. I don't know what you do. And guess what? Through that, 
I did that for probably two years of at least five a week. Yes, it is a time commitment. And I don't have any problem hopping on imperfectly, just winging a phone call with somebody. But through that, I got to make connections on who people I ended up working with, people who ended up referring me. I got to be that expert in project management and operational strategy because I became networked with hundreds of people over the course of one year. So when someone mentioned the word operations, they may not even know what operations meant, but they always thought of Natalie. So I implore you to just use the things that come supernatural to you, have organic conversations. Don't feel like you have to have a podcast, a live show, go to 16 events, write a book. You don't need all of that. We're looking for very, very few clients. Yes, I I do remember, Tasha, actually thinking about that. I remember when you were doing coffee chats like that. That was a really fun experiment to watch too. It was super fun. And I met, I know I met Natalie during one of those coffee chats and Jordan, I think during one of those coffee chats. And it was so helpful. And I was telling somebody the other day, I can literally point back to hundreds of thousands of dollars I've made since 2018 because of those relationships that I created via those coffee chats you know, what, four years ago at this point? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So it doesn't take much. It doesn't have to be a crazy social media strategy, but you will continuously layer on this as you grow in your business. Don't overwhelm yourself with having to do all the things right now. But back to where I first started when we introduced the idea of visibility today, you do have to be visible in some way. So find the one way, the most organic way for you and, and just get on it, start doing it and know that it's, you're going to be able to layer on at the right times. We are going to wrap up today. I hope that this has been insightful for you guys. And I hope you've taken away some actions that you can put into action today. The last thing I want to talk about is a tip from a couple women here that are going to help you as a service provider to up-level yourself. We're talking about visibility. I know that that's one of the things that holds us back, but what are some tips that you would give your students, our communities for ways that they can just move forward faster in 2022? Yeah, so I'm gonna go ahead and close my loop from the beginning of this episode where I said, I think that heading into 2022, the market is demanding results. And the best way that I think you can level up your business as a service provider and guarantee these results on top of the KPIs and communication and all that that we talked about is we hear a lot about this idea of niching down and especially the newbies. It's like, pick your niche, watch my niche, 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 however you want to say it. We talk a lot about it. And you guys have all probably heard the saying, the riches is in the niches. And I believe that and not, but, and I think the best way for you to level up is to find your niche within a niche. Like, I think people aren't being specific enough. And I think this is twofold. Number one, it'll help do what Tasha mentioned earlier, which is help you be clear. So it's not just, oh, I'm a VA. Oh, I'll be a tech VA. It's what software can you become known for? Can you be a Kajabi VA that works specifically with authors turned course creators. And it's like a lot of times when we're getting started, we are afraid of that level of specificity because we think we're closing ourselves off to opportunity. And I'm a very intuitive person, but our intuition is not a great entrepreneur. Sometimes our intuition says like cast a wide net, and then I'll draw in these leads. But in actuality, the businesses that level up and scale up and are able to charge more and better fine tune your skills and better connect with the people you want to serve 
are the ones that get niche it down further and further into who they want to work with. The other reason this is beneficial besides clarity is because you will then be able to know your focus on where you should go fine tune your skills so that you can become the best. You're not trying to learn all the things. You're not trying to do all the things. You know exactly your area of expertise, and then you can really focus on whether it's making investments of time, money, energy, but get the training, get the support you need so that you can become the best thing at what you do. You won't even have to worry about visibility as much. You should still do it because we keep our pipelines full, but you won't have to worry about it because referrals are truly going to start coming to you if you can master this. I am all about this. We have a good example of a gal in our program who who recently graduated, but when she came to us, she said she was going to be an operator for healthcare professionals that had moved their businesses online. By the time she was done with our certificate, and we kept saying, hey, that's pretty big. Like it feels like it's a really small thing. By the end of our time in working together, she was working for functional doctors who had brought their practices online. And guess what? She is referred to like crazy. So I want to piggyback off of what Lauren said and tell you guys that when you do, it is a brave step. I recognize the fear and the trepidation and actually claiming that niche. But when you do, you become magnetically referable. Every functional doctor is now saying, I've got a friend named Lauren. I met her one time. She does this and she knows your industry. There's a lot of magic and a lot of strength because guess what? Dr. So-and-so has no clue where to go. Exactly. Now he knows that somebody knows his line of business. And what's interesting is we all know, right? Because we're all here. We're all quote unquote competitors, right? Meaning we're all, we share a similar space. Business owners know other business owners that do what they do. And so when you get in with one, again, they're all going to spread your name. And it's so powerful to do this. But yes, I like you. I understand that. And we just had an event in our community a few weeks ago. And we did, we do like a free the mama's award ceremony. And we have a six-figure like award that people get sent. And we spend a lot of time on our six-figure earners in our community when we celebrate them. And just thinking back to who those people were and their names, these are all people who have done exactly what we just said. It's someone who started, you know, a year and a half ago, two years ago as a social media manager, realized she loves talking to people in the DMs, got into social selling. And now as a social set, like some of you would probably know who she was if I said her name. She is so desirable that now I've got her watching all the Tasha stuff because she has so many referrals on a daily basis. Can you guys imagine? Not a weekly basis, a daily basis that she is having to get team and create these systems and do all these other love language things that we talked about because she was brave enough to choose the niche within the niche within the niche. And now everybody in that space knows who she is. And it's been two years since she started her business. She's got a multi six figure business. It's insane. I bet I know who you're talking about. (laughs) It's amazing. As we're sitting here and you're talking about this, Lauren, I'm looking at the seven of us right here. And if any of us had somebody who came to us and said, you know what? I want to transition my business model to offering a VIP day. Where would we send somebody? Jordan used the opportunity. She's been on the same path all of you listeners are, all of us are. We were service providers at one day. We have pivoted. We have been agile. We have found our gift within a gift. And now she has niched, right? She has niched into a space where she's not just teaching service providers. She is teaching people who want to be specifically offer the service of a VIP day. So it doesn't always have to be an audience. It can also be in the delivery in what you do. I think of one of my best friends who just walked away from teaching because of 
well, insert all the things. I sent her right to Michaela's program. Why would I not? She's learning from somebody who has been in her shoes. So we are even referable here. I know I receive referrals from every single one of you guys. So it's just when you can dial into what you do and you niche that down, man, it is really explosive. It can be explosive for all of us. Thank you, Lauren. That was awesome. Got me all fired up. (laughs) Yeah, it's Tasha here. I was definitely going to talk about niching and specifically about picking your lane and leading with what you loved instead of leading with what you think is going to make you the most money. So often in my Facebook group, people will post and say, what services are like, you know, the highest dollar amount now? And they're trying to pick what they're going to go into via that. But what if somebody says social media and you hate social media, you are going to show up better and you're going to show up as your best self and as your whole self when you love what you do instead of when you're trying to chase those dollar signs of what you do. And so I don't even think it's a matter of like, where are the clients or where do you need to hang out or what exactly should you be doing? It's a matter of what do you want to be doing? How do you want to show up for your clients? And the other thing about the whole niching thing that I wanted to also talk about is like when we talked about before about the clarity around it and deciding what you want next for your business. If you do then decide that you want to have a team or start hiring people, there's no way to create an SOP off of hashtag all the things, right? There's no way to create systems and processes and templates off of that. So the more that you can pick your lane, be excellent in your lane, and then go from there, the easier it's going to be to decide to hire people or even create other offers or you know more scalable offers and everything. So yeah, that would be my tip. Just pick your lane and then go all in on that. Show up in excellence, but also show up visible and really lean into the visibility and picking your lane. Yeah, take us home, Jordan. All right, since I get to end the last one, I get to end this one. Yes. I love both what Lauren and Tasha said. And I'm going to wrap us up with being in connection. As someone who I teeter ambivert, I usually tend to get extrovert on like the personality things, but I'm kind of in the middle. So connection does not mean hundreds of people knowing who you are. Connection means having intentional friendships of, you know, biz BFFs, referral partners, just sounding boards, peer masterminds, real masterminds, certifications, like programs, all of that stuff. Like connection is everything. Like as we've heard throughout this entire episode, like, again, who knows who and who can send people to who and who needs to hire somebody and who's got somebody in mind. Like a lot of that is through connection. And my business would have been like Jack squat had I not like really pursued connection with people. And again, I'm not like, let me have thousands of friends or even hundreds of friends. Like, let me be intentional with my time and my energy because I have to manage that. And like business is isolating already. (laughs) It can feel like you're the only one who is going through a lot of the things you're going through. And there are many, many times where I've boxed Natalie or Facebook message Tasha. I've been like, yo, (laughs) like, like, is this actually what's supposed to be happening? Or like, am I on this path? <laughs> and like, You know, because you just sit there and you ruminate and you overthink, totally enrolled in Overthinkers University every day. And both Tasha and Natalie, like, no, like that's 
we've, we went through that last year, or I went through that yesterday or whatever the case is. And then that just helps to like, bring it back down and be like, okay, like I'm not the only one who's dealing with this stuff. And so connection again, doesn't mean bajillions of people find your community, find the connections that bring you joy, that lift you up. That will also tell you when it's real, because that is also how people grow their businesses in whatever capacity that looks like for you. Even if you're not trying to have a million dollar eight figure business, whatever, like you still need connection. Even if you just want to make, you know, what your salary was in corporate or six figures or whatever your, your goal is, connection is everything. And so don't cut yourself off from opportunities to be in connection with people. If it feels right. And it brings you joy, like really lean into that. And again, it's been so important again, like what Tasha said, I can look back at like all of these conversations and all of these coffee chats and be like, oh yeah, that's who sent me this person who then sent me these people and, and yada, yada. You never know where opportunities are going to come from. They will knock from up, down and sideways. So it's really, really crucial to have those people in your life that you can be real, be in connection with and refer and on all the things. Yes, 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 yes. The greatest tip that I can share with you, even with my peers here, this is an exercise I do myself and I'm going to challenge you guys. This will be the ops activity for this episode. As we are in more of a dreamy state, we're looking forward. It's just the time of the year where we give ourselves the permission to look forward and kind of step away from the hustle for a heartbeat. I want you to think about what does the next best version of yourself look like? What does success in 2022 look like? Think about as you're listening to this today, if you're listening to it when it's released, it's January, 2022. December of 2022, how much has your business earned? How many people have you impacted? What kind of services are you now offering that you aren't offering today? Who are you talking to? How have you grown up this year? How are you balancing work or attempting to balance work and personal life? How many vacations have you taken? How many days have you stepped away? How many people do you have on your team? Or how many people have you eliminated from your team? Is your business model a different model than it was at the beginning of the year? I want you to just think through. These are some prompting questions that can just help you to get your mind into that next space. We spend so much time delivering for our clients, being so passionate about their mission. I want you to take a very important moment to think about you, your personal mission. Work gives you the opportunity to fulfill that personal vision. So start with the personal space. Start personal and then expand into how the business is going to support that. When you look at your December 2022 self, I'm going to challenge you. The person who gets to walk away from their business, who doesn't have to worry about taking vacations from their clients or the stress that, oh my gosh, I want to take three days away. How's my client going to handle this? Right? We've all been there. That person is a totally different person than who you are today. And 365 days gives you ample opportunity to become the next version of yourself. I think it's really critical that you cast the vision of what that person looks like, feels like, who they talk to, who they're hanging out with, both personal and professional. Who is that person? Because if you can identify what that person looks like, feels like, thinks, talks like, you can start that today. 
You can start taking the actions. We're all project manager types here. I love to do this. I do this every single year. Instead of doing resolutions, I look at the next best version of Natalie, right? We are now on the 46th version of Natalie, (laughs) okay? Sisters had a lot of changes, right? We've done a lot of things. I've touched a lot of people. That sounds bad. I have... Okay. Oh, I guess I have in the whole nursing space, but what I'm talking about here is we touch is my love language. I love it. Let's touch each other. We work on mine. We got to get together and touch each other at some point. (laughs) But that version of me, when I cast the vision, it just allows me to be able to take it more and to make it tangible, to reverse engineer it into a project plan. Hey, if my goal is to be on Tasha's podcast, by the end of 2022, what can I start doing in January, in March, in August to start planting the seeds that I can get closer and closer to that podcast? And that's just one small example. So I hope that you take advantage of that nudge today because every single one of us, it doesn't matter if you're Amy Porterfield or if you're Natalie Gingrich, it does not matter. We are all worthy of the next best version of ourselves. And I hope that we get 99 versions of ourselves as we continue to move forward. I really want you to start with yourself first, what success for you looks like, and then back it up into the professional part of how you can fulfill that personal journey by leveraging the gifts that you have as a service provider. Ladies, I appreciate you guys being here. I feel like this is a summit and a girl's day and all kinds of amazing things all wrapped up into one. Thank you for spending so much time here together and bringing, you know, really appreciating what I appreciate, which is the community that we have as peers. And I think I can speak for all of us in saying that we take our jobs really seriously. We feel called to serve you, to help you to see that next best version and to really live the life of legacy that you are worthy of. Thank you ladies so much for being here. Thanks for being such great big forces in my life, in our community and in our economy. We together collectively are making an incredible difference in the space that we are in today. And I feel so, so fortunate to do this in tandem with all of you guys. Thank you guys for listening today. We'll be back next week for another episode of the Ops Authority Podcast. Thank you for investing just a little bit of time to listen to this episode of the Ops Authority Podcast. I am so grateful to be surrounded by real action takers like you who are invested in growing their business through operations. Will you add one more action to your to-do list today? Visit theopsauthoritypodcast.com where you can join our community of business owners and other ops experts. You're going to hear from me in a week, but in the meantime, do big things on the backside of your business.